Welcome to Little Joe's Conservative Corner, the podcast where we delve into the latest news through a conservative lens. In each episode, Little Joe sifts through the top headlines and news articles, offering insightful commentary and analysis from a right-leaning perspective. Whether it's politics, culture, or current events, this show explores the issues that matter most to conservative listeners. Get ready ready. to cut through the noise and get to the heart of what's really going on in the world today. Let's get started. Welcome to Little Joe's Conservative Corner. Uh, Mike Johnson, Speaker Johnson, thanks so much for being here. Uh, welcome to the lead, uh, your first time as Speaker. Uh, so you're at the border today, and I presume uh, you're seeing a very dire situation, hardworking border agents, uh, you know, who, who can't do their jobs with what they have. They need more money. They need more colleagues. They need more beds for asylum seekers. They need more funding. Um, how come the House has not yet touched this $14 billion supplemental request from the Biden administration? The White House is hammering you on it. Why not take it up and, and, and help these individuals? Jake, good to be with you. Sorry it's taken so long to come on with you since I became speaker. Listen, this is a catastrophe down here. And what the White House is proposing is more money to process and allow more illegals into the country. We need to do the opposite of that. And this is, you don't need to take my word for it. Listen to the deputy chief of the U.S. Border Patrol who was with us last night. And he told us in his own words, he said, it's as if I'm at an open fire hydrant. I don't need more buckets to, to dump the water. He said, I need to turn the flow off. That's why we're here today, Jake. We had 64 House Republicans here representing 26 states and one U.S. territory, everybody from California to Maryland, Michigan to Florida, because every state in America is a border state right now. This catastrophe can come to an end if the Biden administration will do its job, and they've refused to do it. They're doing the opposite. New York City has and will continue to do our part to manage this humanitarian crisis. But we cannot bear the course of reckless political ploys from the state of Texas alone. Today... Our administration filed a lawsuit against 17 companies that have taken part in Texas Governor Greg Abbott's scheme to transport tens of thousands of migrants to New York City in an attempt to overwhelm our social services system. These companies have violated state law by not paying the cost of caring for these migrants, and that's why We are suing to recoup approximately $700 million already spent to care for migrants bust here in the last two years by the state of Texas. Governor Abbott's continuing use of migrants as political pawns is not only chaotic and inhumane, but makes clear he puts politics over people. Today's lawsuit should serve as a warning to all those who break the law in this way. I wonder if it's even... Uh, legally possible to sue these companies for that. I mean, these are bus lines or fare lines that probably frequently go to New York one way or the other. Hey, this is their destination. They got on the bus. We dropped them off. It is what it is. Sounds like a desperate attempt from New York City because they can't get enough funding from the federal government to handle the minimal amount of illegal aliens that have been transported to their state. That probably would have gotten there one way or the other because most of the people are going to the locations that they wanted to be in in the first place. If you talk to a lot of these migrants and I've watched a lot of videos where they're interviewing the migrants 
and they pretty much know where they want to go. They have a destination in mind for whatever reason. Some of them are unclear of why that particular destination. I guess they've been told that while they're on their journey here to the to our southern border. But they have a destination in mind nonetheless. So would they end up there one way or the other? Probably so. Not to mention, I don't know what he's complaining for because New York, New York is a sanctuary city. So what are you upset for? You That's welcoming people with open arms. That means that you have the funding. You're willing to accept these people. It's a sanctuary for them to go and feel that they can live there without being uh, in any fear of deportation. So what's the problem? I'm, I'm failing to understand where the problem is. The true problem lies that... New York does not have the funding to handle that amount of illegals there. They don't know what to do with them. The city is deplorable at best right now. Uh, financially, they can't handle the influx. It, it, it's a mess. So what is he trying to do? He's trying to do the best that he can to try to gain some money back in any way that he can. This lawsuit's going to be one that's going to be in, in court for years to come. But I don't know if he's going to be able to get by with that. Again, people are going to go where they want to go. Uh, bus transportation lines, we are only taking people to the destinations that they would like to go to. If you look at how they do it, they offer them transport. Did you want it? Yes, we're here. We're wanted, we want to go to New York City. Okay, this bus will take you to New York City. That is the destination that you want to go to. Less of a political ploy uh, than it is you know, getting people to where they assume they want to be. Now, I got to tell you, I don't think once they get there, they're probably too happy with where they have uh, arrived. Seeing that New York probably reminds them of being at home because it's turning into its own third world country there with crime and just the, the decay of the city in, in general. But hey, if that's where you want to go, that's where you want to go. You know, do you feel safe there? You feel safe there. That's your That's your deal. Uh, and it's amazing, too, that Eric Adams is going to sit there and whine and cry, you know, big tough guy crying uh, about uh, uh, the illegals there. And you look at some places like Texas where it's not hundreds of thousands, it's millions upon millions of people coming across the border. They heard Speaker Mike Johnson was, uh, I think that was probably the best way to describe it, uh, was told that. The problem is they have an open fire hydrant and they don't need more buckets. They need something to shut the hydrant off. Agreed. Now, I've been saying this since last year, the year before, since the Biden administration took office and opened the borders. That what, what needs to happen is you need to shut the border down. You need to get a handle on who is already here. If they are legal, fine. If they are not legal, if uh, then send them home, if they have missed court dates, if they are not following the laws, because they already broke it by coming across illegally, but if you're not following the laws once you've been in here, then you go back home. And everybody else, you got to wait. Sorry, you know, we'll get with you. It's going to take us six months to a year to figure this out, and then we'll open the border back up, and uh, we'll get with you then. And in the meantime, Stay wherever you want to stay at. I'm sure Mexico ain't going to be too happy and pretty much any other country on the way up. Not to mention the people themselves because I'm sure the way it's being sold to them by people like a George Soros and everybody that's organizing uh, these big caravans down south and putting the radio ads out and the newspaper ads out, it's being sold to them as if you get there, this is what you do, this is how you get in, this is the promised land, don't worry, we're going to get you across the border. would be really difficult for these people to swallow the pill that you just came 3,000 miles to be stopped right there and say, oh, I'm sorry, you cannot enter the country. Now, that's what's best for us. 
Is it sad for them? Yes, but they're being led astray by some uh, evil people. Uh, and that's, you know, part of life. I mean, right now we got an evil guy in the White House and we're, we're paying for it dearly every single day. If you're not paying for it financially, we're paying for it in other ways. So uh, the border definitely needs to be shut down. It is one of the hottest items uh, on the list right now for the presidential election. Uh, Joe Biden is not doing well in that uh, category. He's catching a lot of heat for it. I don't think that the caravans are going to slow down anytime soon. They certainly are not going to shut the border down. Joe Biden's just going to continue to let it flow. Uh, it's not going to go very well for him going into 2024. And I hope that it enough people are aggravated by it and enough people see it for what it is that that is part of the of their deciding factor on who to vote for. And uh, we have a good 2024. <laughs> we need something good to happen. It's been a while. I mean, we need some good news. We haven't had any in a while. All right. Uh, shooters. We had another mass shooting. Um, you had the shooting there uh, uh, in, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Perry High School. Uh, the shooter has now been identified uh, or uh, early, early indications on who the shooter is. Uh, and allegedly it is from this TikTok account and the shooter identifies already as, uh, being part of the LGB, the alphabet community. Okay. Uh, he's got a flag in his biography and other posts. He puts the hashtag gender fluid. So apparently, uh, this particular person, uh, is part of <clears throat> that community. If that is the case, you can be uh, rest assured that, this is going to go away extremely quickly. You're not going to hear much more about this shooter, just like we don't hear about manifestos or anything like that of previous shooters. Uh, I would like to say that the Colorado Springs shooter, in case you need a refresh, <clears throat> he identified as non-binary. The Denver sh shooter identified as trans. The uh, Aberdeen shooter identified as trans. The Nashville shooter identified as trans. The Valdi shooter identified as trans. So let me ask you a question. Is it the guns? Are, are the guns the problem? Are, are we having issues with guns in the United States? Or are we having an issue with mental instability in the United States? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely leaning in one direction here. I just don't know if everybody's with me on this one. But at least for me, the direction I'm leaning is there's some serious uh, mental problems that are going on in the United States today. I mean, serious problems. Okay. Uh, when all of these mass shooters, as of recent, and it's not every single shooting, uh, but a large portion of them, considering the ratio of the population, how many people uh, identify as trans in the United States versus how many shootings there have been, uh, it seems to be that it is really heavy leaning towards uh, a very small portion of the community, in which case that means that there is some serious mental instability within that community. I know that right now people are probably thinking to themselves, what are you saying, Joe? Are you saying that everybody in the alphabet community are unstable? That is not what I'm saying at all. However, facts and truth don't lie. Fact of the matter is, out of the six, they are all either part of that community or claim to be part of that community, and they certainly, obviously, have some mental problems. Uh, it's just, uh, just the way it is. So this particular shooting 
I'm sure, is going to go away rather quickly. You're not going to hear much more about it. You'll get my spiel on it. Maybe a few other conservatives will say what they need to say about it. But beyond that, it'll probably disappear like a fart in the wind. Uh, and if there is a manifesto or if there is anything left behind, I'm sure that the oh-so-trusted FBI will get a hold of it and you will probably never see that uh, again. Or maybe you will, but it'll be 10 years from now where it really doesn't matter at that point. You know, they've either uh, achieved uh, their goal at that point or it's backfired in their face and it's just more information coming out that we all knew that we were right about in the first place. But it's crazy that we really do have a mental problem in this country. It ain't guns. I promise you. It's not the guns. It's never been the guns. You got mental problems. Speaking of mental problems, <laughs> uh, D.C.'s got some mental problems. Uh, just like California. D.C., the nation's capital, is adopting the electric vehicle mandate that many states uh, have adopted following California's lead. And of course, California is always the lead in these things because California is pretty much the experiment for anything leftist and radical. Uh, the Washington, D.C. Department of Energy and Environment uh, announced just before New Year's Day or New Year's holiday uh, that it is adopting the California Clean Cars 2 Vehicle Emission Standard Rule. Under the rule, dealerships within the district will be required to sell only zero emission vehicles beginning in the year. 2035. In in its statement, the agency said that the district uh, residents were uh, arguing savings in refueling costs and that the subsidies would drive down the costs of the electric vehicles to be as much as about $4,000 less than a gasoline equivalent in 2032. That's all well and good. Electric vehicles are a uh, they're they're a ploy. It's a game. It's it's a fantasy. Okay. Um, I, I might have, I might have told this story because it was uh, it was right before the holiday, and I think it was right before I was done recording. And I may have told you this, and if I did, I apologize. You're going to hear it again. And if I did not, and I'm for some reason thinking I did, uh, if not, you're going to hear one. Uh, that's good. Now I've seen a lot of memes and I've seen a lot of stuff online, but not never in person. Now, ironically, me and my son were driving. Um, we were going down uh, Dixie Highway. Uh, if uh, anybody knows what that is in Florida, you, you already know what road it is. Uh, but we were going down Dixie Highway. And anyways, a um, lot of traffic. <clears throat> Didn't know why there was that much traffic at that time of the day. Anyways, me and Big Boy are coming back. And I uh, see a cop car. Uh, I see a van. And I see a vehicle. So I didn't know what it was. I thought it was an accident. I mean, on all accounts, it looked like an accident pulling up on anyways uh, so we're getting closer to it <laughs> it, was, it was it was kind of a thing of beauty <clears throat> it was a tesla I, I believe it was a tesla uh <clears throat> i'm pretty sure it was a tesla anyways uh, it, it was it was an electric vehicle let's say that just in case i don't want to give elon musk any bad publicity just in case uh <laughs> the cop was stopping to make sure that nobody hits the van who had a generator the gas power generator that he was using, running a cable to charge the electric vehicle that is dead on the side of the road, <laughs> which I thought was, I showed my son and you know, he's 15. So, you know, 15 year olds, they're not really super involved in politics. He's definitely, uh, because of the way that we are and that we're Christians, he's already you know, on the uh, right side of things. He's not a leftist. Um, even at a young age, we don't allow him on social media, so we keep him away from all that nonsense. 
Um, that being said, when he saw that, and I said to him, look, I said, look at the... Uh, Look at those electric vehicles. Huh? We're saving the world right there, man. We're, we're saving. He looked at me and he goes, do they actually believe that that works, Dad? I said, oh, some people do, man. Some people really believe that that works. I said, you got two gas-powered vehicles. A van that has a gas-powered generator that has a gas-powered police car that are all running behind an electric vehicle that is down. To charge said electric vehicle that's supposed to be saving the world because you're not using fossil fuel. So you got three to one ratio there. Three gas vehicle, three three gas um, machines running at the same time to charge one electric machine because you're really saving on fossil fuel there. And I said to to make it worse, son. Just so you understand, when that electric vehicle goes home at nighttime and it plugs itself in the wall and everybody goes to sleep and it gets a nice full charge, it's pulling from the electric on the house. And I said, we still run heavily, most electric in the United States is through fossil fuels of some kind. So I said, I said, so he goes, wow, that's, that's just stupid. And I said, oh yeah, it's just stupid. It's just that dumb. But that's the way they, they're just dumb. These people think you're saving the world. Now, if you buy it by choice, congratulations. You buy it by choice. That's what you want to live in. That's the lifestyle you want to lead. That's your choice. God bless you. But if you're forced to buy it, it's a whole nother, a whole nother game. Now, D.C., they're going to force people to buy it. Now, would an electric vehicle be good in D.C.? I, you know what? To be honest with you, I, again, I, if you've listened to me for any length of time, you know that I'm not actually against electric vehicles. I'm against them forcing you to buy them and getting rid of gas vehicles because you have a political agenda. I'm all for, I never had a problem with hybrids or electric vehicles in the past. They come out with them and it's a choice. If somebody likes it and they want to give it a try, go for it. In the D.C. area, does an electric vehicle make sense? It probably does. Just like New York, you're not traveling real far distances. It probably makes a lot of sense there. You know, here in the state of Florida, we're not like New York. Everything's far. Everything's 20 or 30 minutes. So you're going to have to constantly be charging that sucker. If you if you don't want to be dead on the side of the road, having a police officer, a gas-powered van, and a gas-powered generator charging you up to get you home, you're going to probably need to be charging that thing all the time. But again, it's your choice. D.C. probably makes more sense, but not because it's forced. You know, if you and people in D.C., you're buying them, people in New York are buying them because it makes sense, that's fine. Also... No matter what subsidies they give you, it's not going to substitute the cost of that vehicle. Nowadays, people are struggling. Most people, and which is why they cost so much nowadays, are buying used inventory. We're not buying new inventory because it's too expensive. You know, you look at, uh, when I was a kid, you go get a dually, a four-door dually truck, and they run you about twenty, twenty-five thousand $25,000. Okay, I might be a little older than some. About $25,000. Uh, yeah, I think if you want to go top of the line, maybe you're getting close to $30,000 for a truck. Uh, back then, that was a lot of money. Uh, my buddy, who's, who's buying a car for him and his, his family, took me over uh, to a Ford dealership. And he was he said, hey, hey, let's look at this truck real quick. Uh, it was a truck on the lot there. and uh, Fully loaded. It had all the bells and whistles and everything. And the price tag on the four-door dually was $110,000 for a truck. Insanity. Ins- it, that's, a, that's a house. That, listen, 15 years ago, that's a house. I mean, you buy a house for one hundred and ten grand and fix it up. A truck 
that as soon as as soon as you start it and drive it off the lot, as soon as you get off of their lot, that truck has just decreased probably by 10% in value. You've just lost it from driving it off the lot. Oh, it doesn't make no sense. Lord Jesus, don't make no sense. But these electric vehicles, most people are buying used because you can't afford new. And your average electric vehicle is somewhere in the range of $45,000. And with interest rates at what they are, I'm sure your payment has got to be somewhere in the realm of, say, six to $800, depending on your credit. That's a hell of a payment for a car. <laughs> I don't, I, listen, um, again, I, the way I am, you call me frugal, you call me cheap, call me whatever you want to call me. Uh, I think if a car payment gets over, you know, $250, $300, you're stupid. It's just stupid. Not you're stupid, it's just stupid. I mean, to obligate yourself to a payment like that for three years, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, so when, when you're telling me, I can't even imagine, I don't want to know because I don't, it's, it doesn't, it's a mortgage payment on a $110,000 truck. It's got, it's got to be $2,000 a month. got to be. I mean, how many years you got to pay that thing off? You know, you, you pay it off five years, seven years. They got to make money on it. Got to make interest on it. It's got to be, what, two grand a month. I, I can't even imagine. I just dropped something here behind me. I can't even imagine what the payment is. It's just stupid. <laughs> it's really stupid. But that's the way things are going. So D.C. is joining the insanity, just like California. They're going to go to the dark side. And by 2035, however, I will say one thing to that, is that depending on who's in the office, because they can say 2035 all that they want, they know the demand for these cars is not there. They know it. This is forced. You're going to buy this. What's going to end up happening is, see, dealers can only sell those cars. But you as, a, you as a consumer, you drive whatever you want. What's going to happen is you're going to be fixing your car for a very long time to keep that bad boy on the road, and you're not going to buy it. In which case, the dealers are going to get, well, the dealers and the companies that make the cars are going to get hammered. It's hammer time. You're, they're going to lose a lot of money. So depending on who is in the White House and what rules they're trying to slap down on people, uh... We'll see about 2035. These numbers are always magical. They're forever moving. There's always a goal, a 2030, 2035. Next thing you know, it's going to be 2040, 2045, 2050. By the time they get around to getting to whatever they want to get to, we're all going to be dead because we never got to it in the first place, if that makes any sense to you. So it won't even matter. We're just in the fight. But their goals are forever moving because they need to get society in a place where they could either just tell you you're doing this or they have manipulated you and indoctrinated you enough that you agree with it and you wholeheartedly accept the beating you're about to take. But I don't think we're there yet, or at least I hope we're not there yet. Uh, being that it's Friday, I'm going to cut this one a little bit short. I was going to do one more uh, with Trump and Jack going head to head. Uh, but go ahead and read on that yourself. Trump is uh, punching back, as he should be, as he always does, uh, against Jack there and uh, you know, seeing if... Uh, Asking the court to hold him accountable for not following the rules. We're going to see all that turns out. Uh, it's been a busy week. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. We will certainly do it again on Monday. And that wraps up another episode of Little Joe's Conservative Corner. Thank you for tuning in and joining the conversation. Don't forget to subscribe to stay updated on all our latest episodes. And join us next time as we continue to explore the issues that shape our world. Until then, stay informed and stay engaged.